Because by the time you read about it in the Wall Street Journal, it's already too late. Nobody knows if the stock is going to go up, down, sideways. The only problem you're going to have is that you didn't buy more. Let me lock in that trade right now and get back to you with my secretary with an exact confirmation. Okay, Angel, I'm going to do a bonus buy or sell today that's non-sports related because it impacted me this weekend. So just are you ready for that? Be ready for it when it comes. You'll know when it's it, when it, that's the one because it won't be sports. You'll know. Sean McDermott, the head coach of the Buffalo Bills, says it's a matter of when, not if, we win a Super Bowl. Well, technically, you know, for the longest amount of, like, we have many, many years of football, hopefully. Hopefully hundreds, hopefully thousands. Surely Buffalo will win one. Are you buying or selling that they're still in their window with Josh Allen. And I know you hate the Bills with every fiber of your being. It's, they're not my most hated team. But they're one of them. They are. Top five. But I think they've been saying that since like the mid-90s. Right. It's like, not a matter of time. It's just a matter of well, Next year's our year. 93. Next year's our year. Another four years. And then now it's, oh, we'll get it. We'll get it. They're a good team. They are. I just don't know if you can get past the Chiefs and I don't with Mahomes, and I don't know that you can get past a healthy Joe Burrow, and I don't know, I don't know that you can get past the most electrifying man in all of sports entertainment, Lamar Jackson. There's three right there. What are you gonna do if, like, what do you have beyond Josh Allen and Stephon Diggs, whose relationship is rocky at best? You got to find a way to slow down three really good quarterbacks. And that's that's just those three. Now you have troubles in your division because Miami was good this year. And we'll see what kind of direction the Dolphins continue to take. But So, buy or sell? I'm, I'm, selling, it. I'm selling it, too. I'm, I, don't, I don't think they're in a window unless I, unless I see something groundbreaking that's like, hey, they, they picked up this guy on defense and this guy on defense. It's going to make them like a top five defense. I'm selling that. I want you to get out there and sell, sell, sell. Russell Wilson says he wants to stay in Denver. He'd prefer to stay in Denver. But he did put his house on the market. Now he's going on the podcast networks, the Brandon Marshall's podcast. Everybody's got one, man. And he's kind of doubling down on that whole injury clause thing, and he's going back into it and all that. Well, Pro Football Talk's... Uh, uh, Mike Florio saying, hey, be careful with some of the verbiage there because they didn't ask exactly how you're putting it, at least according to Florio. Are you buying or selling that Russ, if the Broncos said, we love you, man, Russ is just forgive and forget, it's a business, I want to be here, you buying or selling that he wants to be in Denver? I'm buying it because I don't think he would want to go somewhere else to try to save his legacy. It's going to be harder to just start from scratch somewhere else. Right. And if you go to Pittsburgh, it's you're still kind of dealing with that. You need to be the next Big Ben because we still haven't found him yet. Yeah. And I think in Denver, it's more of, I can be the guy here. I don't need to be Manning. I don't need to be Elway. But I need to do enough to save my Hall of Fame status because it's teetering. Well, and the best spot for him to go would be Pittsburgh. They expect nothing from their offense. 
so for the most part. Well, they got a new OC now. Well, still got Canada out of there. I mean, what are they? Go from averaging. I don't know. Maybe three points the ball to your running seven. back a couple more than twenty times. Russ is damn good at that. Damn good. Just don't send him in the middle of the field. And yeah. Say, hey, I'm open. Yeah. Yeah. Don't do that. I won't see you. Uh. Okay. Money wise, the contract is is big. Like. He wants to lock in and finish out his contract. There's more money there. So I think I'm buying it for that reason. But if it wasn't for the most ridiculous contract in the history of the world, and let's say Russ had one year left on his deal and it wasn't that much, I would be selling. But I'm going to buy it because I think Russ thinks about... I do I, When it comes to his career, and I'm not thinking as a person because I think he's a good person, I think when it comes to his career, it's it's and it should be, he thinks of numero numero uno. Would he rather at this point retire as a Bronco or a Seahawk? A Seahawk, really? Like you want? You, you mean if he had a great three more years yeah. in Denver? Uh, I think he he probably if he let's say he turned it around three years, won a Super Bowl, did what Manning did basically. I think he would probably want to retire as a Bronco to be like, told you so. You shouldn't have. Shouldn't have messed with me, but it's not going that way. I'm buying that he actually would work it out. All cash. None of it's on the books. Part of the reason because of that, for that, Angel, is I think that Russ, I don't want to say he's tone deaf. I want to say that Russ is kind of just like, he doesn't realize that he's the podcast crap that he's doing right now, which I don't mean it's crap, but whatever. He doesn't realize that that is, is an impactful thing. For ownership and the, I think he's more or less just like it's business. I'm compartmentalizing. I think that that's who he is. I think he's robotic in that way, where it's like personal relationships. What personal relationships? I said what I said. You asked me to do what you asked me to do. Do you want me back? I'll play football for you. Yes, sir. Tell me exactly what to do. I'll show up for practice on time. I'll be there early actually, and I'll be doing high knees. So I think that's why I'm buying it. Um, okay, so I've got a couple of options here. Just tell me which one you're buying for the Broncos. They keep Russell Wilson. They trade up in the draft. They sign a veteran quarterback. They stay with Stidham. Or they draft a quarterback at 12. Who's going to be the lesser of the four, five, whatever. I think they draft a quarterback at 12. Draft a quarterback at 12. So that's the one you're buying. not lower. J.J. McCarthy's name keeps coming up, and I think he could. His stock is rising, but I still think there's a realistic chance he falls to 12. What I don't... The least sexy of all these, go with Stidham. Like, I'm not... I can't buy that. Go with Stidham? That's an option. Uh, Actually, uh, Jeff Legwald of ESPN said, signing or keeping Jared Stidham as your starting quarterback is... Is is one of the more likely things. A likely outcome if free agency doesn't bear fruit. Which the Broncos have already said, we're probably not going to be on that first day of free agency. No Kirk Cousins. No Kirk. Make a million contract. No Kirk Cousins. No Baker Mayfield. I don't want to see the Sam Darnold route and whatever. I'm buying that they... I'm buying... Does George Payton have something that could salvage his career, Angel? He and Sean together. Because if George can manufacture something to get them into the top, top top five, and you get one of the sexier names, 
for the time being at least, fans will go, he's a wizard. Now, if that doesn't work out, he'll uh, he'll continue going down in history as the worst GM ever. I'm going to buy that they move up. Not saying how many spots, but that's where I'm sitting. Okay. No spoilers here, Angel, but I did finish season two of Loki. The superhero guy who's anti-hero and he's the god of mischief. And I'm not going to get into it with everybody here. But I'm just time traveling. A lot of that happening. A lot of time travel. Are you buying or selling time travel as a fun, as a thing you're into when it comes to sci-fi and fantasy and all that stuff? I'm not buying it because it can get very, very confusing. Um, it's 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 sometimes referred to as a lazy way of writing in terms of, oh, we need something different. I know, let's time travel. And then you introduce paradoxes. Mm. And, you know, Back to the Future is kind of a whole paradox in itself. And I love Back to the Future, but it's, it's very strange. Like time, like time, It's either time works in a way where you do something in the past and erases the future, or it works in a way that you go back, do something in the past, and it creates an alternate version. But then it's, what version are we in at this point? It becomes a new universe. It's like sidesteps the universe, and it's its own universe. Ah! Yeah, I mean, technically, uh. at the end of Endgame, when Cap- Captain America comes back as an old man, that technically shouldn't happen. Right! That's the stuff that drives me nuts with this. Because it's, it's not the same no. person. Uh-uh. So I don't know if you watched Loki Season 1. I, I, I slodged through it, yes. And then you tried season two? I did not even try it. Oh. Loki season one was like the last Marvel show I really gave a chance. I, I Listen, for what it was, I did kind of enjoy it. I thought it was going to be boring as hell because it's all these I thought it was extremely boring. time travel people in suits and they're like in the 70s or whatever. Owen Wilson was good. It, you know, it was good. And then my wife and I were like, let's try it. And I didn't get excited about it, but we decided to give it a shot and we finished it last night. And uh, it was had its moments, but overall, it had me just frustrated with the whole time travel crap. You should watch the new uh, Avatar series on Netflix. Like the like the blue people? No, no. It was based on a cartoon, but now it's a live action. So is it good? You got time travel in there? No time travel. Okay, but it deals with mystical elements, earth, wind, fire, water. Anything's better than time travel. It's only eight episodes. I watched it this weekend, so that's what you were into. Yeah, well, hey, it's a cartoon listen. I grew up as a kid watching. I don't know what I understand it if I didn't watch any of that oh, yeah. stuff. You get it. Well, it's meant for more casual viewers. I just the whole thing with the Marvel stuff now, man, is just it's too much. There's too much. Soon as that show's over, they got a new Samuel L. Jackson show they're previewing. What's the new one with him in it? Secret Invasion. Couldn't tell you. I, I, and they're genius at marketing because as soon as Loki's over, you got you have a lot of questions about what's going to happen with Loki in that situation. Well, it's Samuel Jackson, and they're promoting that. It's his series. Well, what's in the background as he turns to the camera? All clocks. Yeah. Because your your brain goes your brain goes to. Does that have something with the time travel stuff? Is this going to connect the dots to Loki? Maybe. No. Dumb. I'm over it, man. Like, it's, it's too much. And now we're going to bring back the fan, Fantastic Four again, and the Mandalorian guy is going to be Mr. Fantastic. Mm-hmm. Well, how many times are we going to redo that? And then how many how many freaking superheroes 
am I supposed to care about? Like, how many? I just said, you know, I'm good with Spider-Man. He's, he's pretty cool. I, I'm like Batman, Spy- I know they're different universes, but Batman, Spider-Man, the Hulk, and Superman, and, you know, those guys. But now it's like... Like, I think... Oh, my gosh. Deadpool 3 is, like, the only thing I'm really looking forward to superhero-wise. I'm more well, excited like for Godzilla and King Kong movies than... I like uh, I like Wolverine, Deadpool. Like I watched the first movie and just too many slap, just too much slapstick. That's his whole thing. I it's just too much. Just every word out of his mouth is a joke, and I'm like, it's not funny anymore. Not a Ryan Reynolds guy. Not anti Ryan Reynolds, but our boy Micah back there just is obsessed with Dare Daredevil. No Sleeping Pool. What is his name? Deadpool. Um, I don't know, and. So I, for him, I'm like, all right, I'm going to go check it out. It seems cool. Like, seems like a, I like the anti-hero thing. But the just the constant talking and the constant joking and all that, I'm like, eek. So all these other, all this other stuff that's coming out, like Captain Marvel and Mar- Miss Marvel and She-Hulk and what's it, the essentials or whatever they are. I don't know. I don't know. Whatever it is. I, it, Eternals? The Eternals, yeah. Like I never saw that. What is that? Like, oh my gosh, we got that movie. Professor Doctor Strange has 400 movies now. I got to get into that thing. He does all these weird, goofy things. Thor's now basically just a comedy now. It's not even good. It's just... It's a bad comedy. Oh, just come on. Like how, and now there's like 45 different TV shows. The Scarlet Witch Person, which turned out to be a cool character, but now we got a TV show about that. And the thing of it, Moon Landing or whatever is named Moon Knight or whatever. Moon Knight's not bad. No, the talking hippos in Egypt and all oh, that. Yeah. God, it was it out loses of it. its, its luster. At yeah. The end. So I'm like, how many freaking people do we? I mean, come on. Like, I mean, one to two movies a year was tolerable. Right. Now it's three movies, five TV shows. None of them are connected in in major ways. What's where's the story going? Oh, now the Fantastic Four are here, right? Yeah, to care because why? I don't. What are we doing? And then the X Men are going to be on their way, and that's a whole other superhero group that we're just tired of. Like I remember when X Men first came out, you know, started making those in the late '90s, early 2000s, and that was cool. And then, but then you go back, and they're like, those storylines don't even make sense because they no. screwed them all up. Like the saber-tooth Wolverine thing. And like they the, rebooted it and yeah. it confused even more people. Oh, the Deadpool thing there. And he even calls it out, which was kind of funny. But anyway, yeah, enough of that. Uh, Big Hub says, what did you think of Cam Newton fighting like three guys? Superhero-esque. It was. Maybe Cam Newton should be in the next Marvel uh, movie. He's going to want to wear one of those hats. and Maybe scarves. he's Hat Man. Hat Man. He's just Hat Man. Hmm. Yeah, it's a lot, man. My brain can't handle all that stuff. I want to thank Kane Doolin McQuinn Young Law Firm. Um, you listen, you've got you got a situation where maybe somebody was injured in a car accident from a negligent driver. There's only one law firm to contact, and that's Kane Doolin McQuinn and Young Law Firm at trialproven.com. Twenty one minutes after the hour. Let's take a short break. When we come back, let's get back to some more Russell Wilson stuff. Uh also Draymond Green had his little his post-game podcast last night. Everybody's got a podcast. And he did it about Nicole Jokic. Talked a lot about Nicole Jokic. Let's, let's hear uh, a little bit from that, that excerpt from his podcast coming up next. Scores. 
interviews, and more. Preps Rewind with Mike Danson. Saturdays at 10 on Northern Colorado's Voice. 103.1 and 1310 KFKA. Hey, this is Ellison Hubbard, former CSU Ram, and you're listening to The Whole Show on 103.1 and 1310 KFKA. If we were to meet that team in the playoffs, I think there are some adjustments that we can make that can put us right in position to win. Um, but that's a great team. And Joker 32-16 and 16 gave me complete hell tonight. I've had my fair share of good matchups against Joker. Um, I've given him a little bit of hell on some nights. But he gave me total and complete hell tonight. And I had absolutely no answers. And I'm just going to laugh about it because either you laugh or you cry. And so I'm going to laugh about it. I had absolutely no answers tonight. And um, I mean, he was brilliant. And he is in incredible shape, man. Y'all should have saw this man running the floor. I had to, like, turn on my, my burners a little bit a couple times to, like, keep up with him from running the floor. And he was just going, man. It wasn't like he got tired. Like, he was just going and going. And, um, man, shout out to Joker. It's always fun play against him. I wanted to, uh, I got a lot of respect for Joker. Always have. I, I love the way he go about his business. Um, obviously a great basketball player. And Joker caught me with the shoulder and the chin. And they didn't call offensive foul. And I wrapped him up. And we just got me back down the court. Yeah, and he was like, brought that, that was, that was definitely a foul. He was like, 100% a foul. He's like, but I didn't try to on purpose. I, and I'm like, no, I know you didn't try to on purpose. Um, which is why I didn't foul you hard and just kind of wrapped you up because I know you didn't try it on purpose. Um, love, I love playing against the guys where there's a mutual respect of like the work that you put in, the work that I put in. Um, there's a healthy competition. And that's so I, I always uh, enjoy the honor of playing against Joker. Uh guy that I got a tremendous amount of respect for. How about that? Draymond Green doing his uh his thing. He does a podcast. A lot of them are right after the games too, once he's ready to go or cleaned up and you know, showered and stuff, and he just does it either at his ho- his place or his hotel room. Mm-hmm. Um I, I like that. I got no issues with that. That was great. You know, just talking about, you know, the the fact that, hey, Joker's is one of the guys that I respect the most in this league. One of those guys. And he gave it, he gave it to me, man. He put it to me. He destroyed me. And I, you know, listen, that Draymond Green and a lot of these other national media members, Angel, are going off on Joker today and the Nuggets. It's as if they've discovered him for the first time. Has he finally gotten over that mountain for the media, for the national media, to to look at this guy and say, yeah, you know what? We were wrong. You are legit. You are the best in the league. This team is a force to be reckoned with. What changed? Because it seems like it almost happened overnight. Beating, Sweeping Golden State is what does it? Yeah, I think uh, obviously the national TV game is going to get more spotlight. It was a triple header on ESPN, so you had, I think, the, the Suns game before that, then you have the Nuggets, then you have the Clippers and the Kings after that. So people are paying attention. It's Sunday night. You want to watch some basketball. Um, but, you know, the Warriors are becoming this 
media darling a little bit, they're deservingly so because they're they're really good, but also they're kind of in that play-in spot right now in the standings, and the Nuggets are in this space where they're trying to prove themselves as, okay, that championship wasn't a one-off. We're still a good team. We're going to be a good team for a while. And, you know, as much as they want to embrace that underdog mentality, it's hard to do that when the media is propping you up like this. Yeah, well, yeah, you wonder if that's like the psychology of the, within the psychology of the national media. It's like, you know what? Let's start praising them. And maybe that'll slow them down. But you got to talk about it. nobody. These national media guys, they don't want to talk a lot about Nikola Jokic. They don't want to talk about the Denver Nuggets. They don't want to do it. They want to just let you know, LeBron James and Tatum and those guys constantly get the flowers. And it's Joker's boring to them. He's not appealing. He's not. He's not going to give you a lot. Although I did see on NBA's uh, YouTube, Katie Wingy shared this one-hour special. I just started breaking into it. Is it just highlights, or do they actually break into interviews and stuff? I think it's like a full breakdown of his career, like from second-round pick to NBA champion stuff. I forgot how how much he looked the part in the summer league stuff. Because oh, he didn't, he wasn't there his rookie year because he didn't have a rookie year. His rookie year was a year later because his something with the travel situation and sir, I, what was it? Again? I don't remember what it was, Angel, but there was something different. He had to like play out a contract in Serbia, yeah, or something, or like something. a visa or whatever. Yeah, something, something like, like that. that. So his so his rookie year, like his first year as a contracted NBA guy, was not he didn't play. So he did have a rookie year. He just the first year it wasn't he was hurt or anything like that. But he played in summer league stuff, and he just he looked the part. He he had like a little bit, almost a better three point jumper. It seemed like when he was younger, he's gotten he's lifted more. He's bigger up on the shoulder area too, so maybe that slowed him down. But he had a quick shot, dude. No, I think Jokic. Even watching him his first, second, third years, he's always had these traits. He's always had the wild passes and the ability to. I think his his post game has improved a ton in the last few years, just because other big men are trying to style a way to def- to defend him. Right, but he's just so smart, and his his activeness on the floor is incredible. You see it last night where he's, you know, his his smarts come into play where he gets the ball from the inbounds really quick, throws it down field, down field, down court like a touchdown, and there's Aaron Gordon or somebody's down there or getting into passing lanes against the Warriors, getting four steals. To able to set up fast break points, he's an incredibly smart basketball player, and I think if you ask any NBA player like Draymond, they're going to say the same thing. They have a lot of respect for him and how he plays the game. Why does it feel like it's difficult for them to get to that point? Where when Draymond Green does finally get there, as Nuggets fans, we're all listening in like, "Where's the rub here? You know, where is the butt or whatever." LeBron James is asked about him, and he'll just say, that's the best big man I've ever seen. And that feels like a slight because it's like, wait, he's beating your on a nightly basis, and you're not a big man. So it, it almost feels like a slight, even when there's compliments there. The the reporter from last year, I've never seen this guy play before. you know, And it's just everything feels like a slight. Why is it like pulling teeth? Why is it paining them so much to get to this point? Is it because you know Jokic isn't going to say anything back? He's going to say, oh, thank you. I, you. You're a good player, too. And he's going to go about his day. Where others are might, you know, hey, LeBron James said this about you. And they'll go, ah, I don't care what LeBron says. I'm focused on me and my team. And I don't. Is he, 
they view Nikola Jokic the way I view Sam Howell, the Washington quarterback, the Washington Commanders quarterback. The, the, the problem with that is Joker's the best player in the NBA. It's proven with his championship and two MVPs in the last three years. Sam Howell is a, hasn't done anything. So if he starts getting to the point where he's lighting it up, playing well, then I've got to at least acknowledge, okay, this guy's not so boring. I just didn't know much about him. He was just a prototypical average kind of quarterback. That's how I believe the national media views the Joker. There's he's just not, nothing fun about him. He's not. A, he doesn't play into that villain type of role, whether or not he does that himself or the media does. But the media's not going to come out and say, oh, I don't know about this Jokic guy. He was doing this, and I'm not sure that's a good look. I'm going to say, what are you talking about? He's out here having fun. He's clapping with his daughter in post game, and he's bashing his teammates for not getting him birthday presents. Like, yeah. That's just who he is. Yeah, it's just... I found myself you, when I'm watching you, the Draymond you go out of your Green way thing. To attack Jokic, yeah. you look like a bad person. I found myself when I'm watching the Draymond Green thing. I'm like, I'm waiting for the other shoe to drop here, or the other is it the shoe to drop? Is it the other yeah, foot? The other to, shoe yeah, there to we drop. go. Thank you, Angel. Um, I'm waiting for it, but it wasn't, and so that's cool. And I know we're all on edge. We're all sensitive Nuggets people. I get it. We are. I own that because the disrespect that we we dealt with for the first. You know, five, six years of his career, even when he's winning MVPs. Like, it, there's no reason why he should be getting his flowers now. He should have been getting them after the championship. He should have been getting them after the the first MVP, the second MVP. I'll take it. That's great. Good for you guys. You finally are watching basketball games that are not Golden State. But apparently sweeping Golden State is what's going to move the needle. That's, I mean, it wasn't enough to sweep the Lakers, the LeBron James Lakers, in the Western Conference Finals last year, it it needed to be the darlings of the NBA, as you put it, with, well, the, no with the Warriors. Else, no one else has done it in the last two years. They haven't lost to the Warriors in two years. It's it's fa- fascinating to me. The, the Nuggets are going on this tour, the redemption tour. They're exercising all those old demons. And we talked about the Lakers, being able to beat them. Um, Minnesota, the team that knocked the Nuggets out of going to the playoffs five, six years ago. It would have been the Nuggets' first trip. They had to delay it by another year. They exercised that demon by beating the the Timberwolves. The Suns in four guy. You know, they beat the Suns in a series. They exercised that demon. The Lakers, of course, it's like their historic demon. Um, The Warriors. The Warriors knocked him out. The first time they knocked him out was the last time for George Carl. And then they knocked him out again two seasons ago. So, and that's always just been a tough matchup for, for Denver. So it is... Really fun. That's what basketball, and honestly hockey and baseball are like this because you have the longer seasons. These these sports with the longer seasons are great because you do get to see the team from start to finish. If they're becoming a good team, they are getting that redemption throughout throughout the season, not, not waiting forever. A lot of the times in the NFL, they may not get their chance to redeem themselves. Again, everything's got to line up right before, if, especially if they're – AFC, NFC teams, you got to hope that you get in the schedule together or it ends up you're back in the Super Bowl. San Francisco might never get that chance to redeem themselves and exercise the Kansas City Chiefs demon. It's cool to see the Nuggets doing that. Yeah, and you know, you talk about earning that respect. It's like Minnesota and OKC, every, yeah, they're good this year, but everyone's kind of waiting for that, oh, when are they going to falter? When are they mm-hmm. going to, you know, the other shoe to drop to use that again? And then you look at a team like Boston, who has been – picked to be in the finals the last couple of years and they haven't been able to get there and then you're kind of just waiting for them to get there so you can give them their respect 
The Nuggets have earned it in the last five, six years, and now they're proving that it's deserving. Boston's like Buffalo right now. They're supposed to be there. Why aren't you there? We're ready to crown you. All you got to do is meet us halfway. And Boston can't, hasn't been able to do that yet. I hope that's the series. I would love that series in the championship. I think putting the Nuggets in that historic, those historic conversations with some of the Boston great championship runs or championship opponents that they've had, I would love to see the Nuggets in that. Well, I mean, you're in this era now where the Warriors dynasty is say, pretty much done for I, now. I, I with, think with so. With Clay and Steph, at least. The Nuggets are, have the opportunity to become that next powerhouse team. And Boston's kind of like, hey, we want to, you should be that team, but we can't do that yet. We wanted it to be Milwaukee. We thought it was, but they're kind of doing whatever they're doing with their fifth head coach in two years. And I, I, I know that a lot of people are, are talking about uh, Cowherd coming out today saying, hey, it's dynasty time for the Nuggets, and that's all over Twitter now or X. Um, again, what changed overnight that you're seeing today? A triple-double performance from the Joker? A, a night where he has 30-plus in, in, in the teens in both categories? He's done that. A night where they destroy one of their old uh, rivals in Golden State? They come back. They were down by 14 at one point. They come all the way back and win that game. Is that what it takes? Winning three in a row post-All-Star game? Is that what it takes? Because last night, Malone and Murray are hugging. DeAndre Jordan's hugging all over, messing with Murray while they're doing it. Last night, and I'm asking the question, I'm not being a jerk, what changed? Because last night felt like the Nuggets are like, were relieved to the point where this is who we are. And now the national media is jumping on. Something changed last night. Something clicked. I'm not sure, but the Nuggets' next five games, we're going to get a good idea of what the narrative is going to be going into March a little bit. They are home against Sacramento, finals rematch against Miami, at the Lakers, home against Phoenix, home against Boston. Yeah, big stretch. There you go. Big stretch of game. Sacramento plays tonight. So I'm I'm just doing my watch now. Like Minnesota plays San Antonio tomorrow. They should win that game. But now I'm in the watch mode where it's like, okay, not just Nugget stuff, but we're paying attention to what these teams have in front of them. So survive this nice little stretch here, and then the back end of the that the next five games. You'll see Minnesota in there. Yeah, so the Nuggets put yourself have like in that spot. Top five easiest schedule in the second half of their season. And they got Minnesota three times. Yep. And I mean that's those are all battles for the one seed at that point. Yep. They don't they but they gotta keep putting themselves in that spot to where those these games will mean something. Tuesday, March nineteenth, uh Friday, March twenty ninth, and Wednesday, April tenth. It's going to come down to the wire here, and I love it. 39 minutes after the hour. Angel, let's jump out real quick and get the latest on the local sports flash. This is Nico Carvacho, former CSU Ram, current pro basketball player, and you're listening to The Hall Show with my good friend, Brady Hall. I saw my guy Ryan Hicks out at the UNC game on Saturday. Making the rounds, talking to people. Everybody loves Ryan. You know, they made that series, that sitcom, Everybody Loves Raymond. I think they should make a new one where Ryan just goes out and lands people. Great insurance situations. Everybody loves Ryan. There we go. Formed by two UNC Bears and alumni 20 years ago, Renaissance Insurance has always had the backs of the great people of Northern Colorado. 
So they're working with risk management, um, commercial and personal needs, as far as your insurancers is concerned. They're the go-to for workers' compensation and farming operations. That's Renaissance Insurance. Call Ryan at 970-674-8825. Poll question of the day. Should the Broncos keep Russ? And this is how you know, you know, they you got to read between the lines sometimes. The Broncos want Russ so little that this is a debate. They should, I mean, a lot of times in this situation, you should bite the bullet and stay with the guy. Because if he can just be average or a little above average, then maybe you can do something with it. You can take that number 12 pick and give him a weapon, do something. But the Broncos don't, he just doesn't fit at all with what Sean Payton is. So the fact that this is going out to as long as it's going to go out, it just it just goes to show you that, man, the Broncos want nothing to do with Russ. They don't, I mean, they just don't. I don't know if Sean doesn't like him. I, I'm not sure about that. But he doesn't fit with what Sean Payton's about and what his offense is, how it's constructed. And to keep him wouldn't set you any further back. But if you if you keep him to go into the year, we already talked about what it's going to look like. That's not just next year. A lot of people are like, "Well, just give him one more year." No, because then you're in you're in it now for two. Because of the cap hit, it would mess with next season and the season after that. So now it's to the point where you got to rip the bandaid off. It is going to hurt. Probably going to peel up some skin on that point and rip the stitches. But you got to do it. Because you cannot keep going this route, especially now that he's getting all over podcasts, war, the world of podcasting, and reiterating, making sure it's fresh in everybody's memory that they asked him to waive his injury clause, which depends on who you believe. Florio of Pro Football Talk says no, they didn't. They just asked him to push it out so that they, the guaranteed money would fall into 2025 if he got hurt. That's what Florio is saying that they asked. That's what the Broncos are maintaining. Russ is saying something different. He flat out said it in the Brandon Marshall podcast, Angel, that the NFL told the Broncos that's illegal. That's not true from what, again, trust Mike Florio, from what his report indicates. I think the Broncos as an organization, financials, whatever, they are, they've been put into a weird situation. Obviously, with the coaches, the turnover there, you thought Russ was going to be the guy. You're starting to second-guess it. And then now you have Russ out here on campaign trying to make you the villains almost. Mm-hmm. Yep. And now you're in, okay, now we're looking like bad guys, and we're actually not doing great as an organization. So we need to do something. If, we, if he keeps going out and gets on this sympathy tour and we cut him, that's going to make us look even worse. Because it's now, oh, you didn't even give him a chance. He loves you guys. Yeah, that's that's the thing. He he knows what he's doing. All those that are like, poor Russ, how dare they ask? And he's, you know, man, that sucks for him. And I'm rooting. Russell freaking Wilson, I've been a top quarterback for years, and look how this organization wants to treat me. Even in the podcast with Marshall, you could just see the robotic nature. Marshall's trying to joke, like, hey, it's you and Broncos at this standoff, and you're wondering who's going to... Who's going to budge? And, and there was no smile there. There was no, like, nervous laugh. It was, I wasn't 
No, I wasn't going to do that. I don't know what you're talking about. Like, that's, that's who Russ is. He is a robot. And I used to defend, and I still, listen, I still like Russell Wilson. I'll forever remember his days in Seattle. He's an entertaining quarterback to watch. I, I think I'll root for him. I don't know. Maybe I won't. I uh, probably won't. No, never mind. Take that back. But, you know, most of his career, I liked him. Uh, Flying Dutchman says, Russ is out of here. Where do you think Justin Fields goes? And what do you think Chicago gets for him? Think I heard Atlanta is floating a second and a fourth. Um, there's part of me that still thinks Chicago might stay the course. You think that's out? Out of the question? No, because I still think you're in this stage where you're feeling out offers, who's going to give you the best deal, um, and you're kind of in that almost standoff where, like, we're going to, we're fine keeping Justin, but I just want to know what would you give up for him, Raiders, Falcons, whoever else is out there. And if it's not enough, hey, we'll keep him, and then we'll get Marvin Harrison Jr., and we'll be happy. Isn't this what is so fascinating about the NFL? Is you have Chicago. They are at a crossroads right now. You stay with Justin Fields. Maybe it turns out to be big, and this turns out to be one of these great stories of loyalty. And we're going with our guy, and we used that pick. We wisened up, and we did a big thing. Um we, we did the smart thing, and we acquired a bunch of different players and picks and things like that. Or it could, they, they stick with him and it's awful. And then Caleb Williams goes on to be the mega superstar, and now Williams goes down as one of those great quarterback misses of all time, and Chicago's name is is in history now. It's a historic thing that you screwed that up. The safe thing to do for Chicago is to trade Justin Fields, to draft Caleb Williams because everybody agrees he's a sure thing. And then if he fails, he fails. Bummer. Everybody was wrong. But if you go, if you buck the trend because you really believe you can make it work with Justin Fields, you could, you could be known as one of the... Well, they probably already are known as the worst franchise for quarterbacks. Yeah, I think if you make the trade... That trade is now, it's not determined on what you do with Caleb Williams, because you're probably going to take him anyway, but it's what are you doing with those extra picks? And if those extra picks don't work out, Caleb Williams is nothing. But if you can work it, make it work with Justin Fields, which I think they can, and then you use the one pick you do have to get him a weapon that works, now it's, okay, now we can just keep moving forward with this. Now we're not restarting. Dixon shooting us one last text here. After taking Trubisky over Mahomes and the other QBs in that draft, no way they pass on Williams. But the the, the amount they gave up to get Justin Fields, though. But isn't that the trend for Chicago? There's no, there's no good quarterbacks there. Maybe you stay the course for once. I, I don't know. I mean, the safe did that bet with Cutler is... and paid him a ton of money for it. <laughs> and Cutler's probably going to go down as their best quarterback ever. You know, right up there with Orton. All right, uh, let's wrap up the show on the other side. What did we learn coming up next? It's the whole show powered by Chevron on Northern Colorado's Voice, 103.1 at 1310 KFKA. The Bears and the Rams have two of the best college basketball players in the country. Will they be enough to lead their teams to the big dance? For all things no-go sports, keep it here on 103.1 at 1310 KFKA. This is Adam Mata with DNVR, the DNVR Bar, and the DNVR Nuggets Podcast, and you're listening to The Whole Show with Brady Hall. 
The next time you get angry over a bad play, remember you need teamwork to win, not arguments. Now we know. And knowing is half the battle. This 26th day of February. Well, one of our listeners learned what a triple-double was. So that's exciting. More of a baseball guy. He says he just listens because he likes the show. And Angel is the bomb. So that listener learned what a triple-double was. I also learned that Russell Wilson, I think he's being calculated and sneaky on all this stuff. I, I think he knows exactly what he's doing. And I'm not falling for the ah shucks act anymore, Angel. You're not going to get one over me anymore, Russ. No more. Angel, what'd you learn? I learned that I'm not buying into the Nuggets' newfound respect because we saw this last year and I'm not taking it. I don't want it. We are the underdogs and we will win another title. La, 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 court storming is like when your parents tell you not to play ball in the house. You say, no, it's fine until you break a lamp and it's, nope, no more ball in the house. Yeah, I'm I'm out on that. Let's be done with the court storming. It's just silly. Have some respect for yourself. You don't need to be a silly... Oh, college, 18-year-old, and ah, I'm going crazy. It's fun. Grow up. Grow up. You're an adult now. You're not a kid. You're an adult. That's going to do it for us. We'll be back at it on a Tuesday. Good night, Northern Colorado.